Hello friends and welcome to Book Talk. I'm your host Maddie Eddy and I am so excited that you are here. Today I'm chatting with Annika R. Walker and we are bringing you just a little bit of Christmas magic by talking about her new release, Merry Kismet, which is the second book in the series, A Gift Wrapped Christmas. All right, Annika, do you want to introduce yourself for our listeners and then give us a fun fact about yourself? Yes, I'm Annika, and I write timeless love stories with humor and heart. My husband and I have five children, ages 16 to 7. A fun fact about me is I am a loud movie watcher. (laughs) In high school, I had popcorn thrown at me in the theater from laughing too loud. Oh, no. (laughs) When once from crying too loud. That was Pearl Harbor, by the way. That's <laughs> and, a sad one. Oh, that one so deserves sad. ugly crying. So. <laughs> I agree. So people think I'm a quiet person, but I really get into my movies, which is actually true for my books. And I would say my writing, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you make us cry, it's only fair that you cry as well <laughs> in my books. So makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> uh, All right. So today we are going to talk about your latest release, which is Mary Kismet. And it is the second book in the series anthology, <laughs> um, A Gift Wrapped Romance. Yes. Right. Okay. And do you want to give us just a little synopsis or overview about what Mary Kismet is about? I would love to. Mary Kismet is about Brie Holland, a woman who has never gotten over her first love and her high school boyfriend, Rockwell Davenport. When she's gifted a notebook and encouraged to write her Christmas list inside, she decides, what the heck? I'm going to wish for what I really want, even though it's impossible. So she makes these five Christmas wishes inside, which are all based on Rockwell coming back into her life. So when her first wish comes true, we have some hilarious and romantic events that keep throwing Rockwell and her list back into her path. And it really was just such a fun story to write. Yes, and it's so different than your other other things that you've written. So oh it, yes. It's it, was, <laughs> it was so fun to like I knew I was gonna love it, but like a whole other side that I haven't seen before. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Hopefully a good side. <laughs> yes, it was so good. Okay. Um, so let's just talk about the series. I don't know if you call it a series or anthology. A um, series. The series. <laughs> yeah, it is a little different. Like we call it a map, which is a multi-author series. So right. anyway, it's just a bunch of different authors. We created a group and then we each wrote one story in the series. Right. And they, you can read them independent and out of order, right? Correct. Okay. So do they have linking factors in them? Or? They do. They all have one character that is the same. <gasps> and Ooh, <okay>. it might <laughs> be a little challenging to figure out what that <laughs> character is, but uh, that's part of the fun. <laughs> I love it. That's, I, have, I have all of them like in my Amazon wish list, so. Oh, I love it. Like, but I'm waiting for all of them to release, and then I'm just gonna get all of them. Because <laughs> you know, it's easier than getting on five different times. <laughs> yes, order. and you, you get hooked, and you want to read the next one. You don't want to wait. So yes, I understand. Yes. All right, and a Kindle version is just not enough 
sometimes. So <laughs> I need a physical as well for Mary Kismet. Oh, <laughs> <love> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's dive in to the magic of Mary Kismet. I loved it so much. Okay. So your other books that you've written have been um, historical romance or like fairy tale remakes. Um, so how was writing your contemporary Christmas different than writing the historical or the fairy tale? This is a great question. I love stories of all kinds and I want to write them all, but each genre has different styles and story beats. So this can be tricky. Um, Right now, popular rom-coms are written in first-person present tense, and I write my historicals in third-person past tense. So not only are we talking about totally different era, (laughs) (laughs) just like technical writing skills and switching tenses just did a number on my brain. And even when I'm reading it, sometimes it's like, oh, this is so different. (laughs) And I'm actually writing a historical right now, and I keep accidentally writing it in first person. So there is a little (laughs) bit of a learning curve, and I'm still getting there. (laughs) I love it. Were there parts about it that you liked more than the historical, or are they just so different you can't really compare? Uh, Well, regardless of the genre, I think I can still have the same, like, good character development and dialogue and the positive themes, but the contemporary is just so much more relatable. It's like, you know, I can think about my own dating experiences and throw them in or stories that my friends are going through that are still single right now. Yeah. And so it just feels just so relative, I guess. And the historicals, it's like, you're trying to recreate something that you haven't personally experienced. So I don't know, just very different. (laughs) And that's, I'm, I'm a little wary of contemporaries. I'm getting better. <laughs> but in my brain, it's just like, what's really romantic about getting a text message? <laughs> like, yeah. So, but I liked that, like, the way you've incorporated, like, the phones because it is relevant and it's how we communicate sometimes a lot of the time. Yeah. But you used it sparingly and, like, in a realistic way. Like, it's not like they were sending, like, these big, like, love heartfelt sagas to each other that's <laughs> <laughs> like he knew they had cell phones and that was like good enough for me <laughs> oh good phew I passed that <laughs> but I do you know what I mean like because with all the technology we have like it's just always that like I don't know about this <laughs> like yeah. I get a little nervous <laughs> for sure and even there's the aspect of like in historicals, we have this gentleman aspect where we yes. have this honorable man. And in contemporary, it's like, well, let's be honest. Like, we've got a, a generation of gamers and we're, you know, <laughs> we love to sit and watch movies. And, you know, we're just, we just look different. And yes. so, but I firmly believe that there's still some really great guys out there. And yes. And we have some creative guys that think outside the box, you know, fun dates. I don't know. I, I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by not allowing that gentleman in a contemporary. But I think, right. I think that was a fun challenge for me, too. It'd be like, okay, I want the good guy from my historicals, but I want him in a today setting. Right, like a modern day. Yes. 
but I don't know. And it's that thing, like, you know, you romanticize, like, the Regency period and the Victorian era. Like, we leave out all of, like, the gross hygiene stuff. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> We're not even going there. <laughs> right? Like, so, we romanticize a lot. <laughs> but it is fun to kind of see that, like, the good guy, the gentleman in a modern perspective. Yes. That's always fun too. I'm getting I'm getting more hope for contemporary romances. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> <Lily. laughs> okay. So where this one was so different and then it was set at Christmas time. And where did you start? Where was your initial inspiration or how did you come up with this fantastic magical Christmas story? Oh. First of all, you were just so sweet. <laughs> um, I have a few inspirations for this book. So this is actually a really fun question for me. Um, the first is I've always loved faded romances. And so when I first heard the word kismet years ago, I told myself if I ever wrote a Christmas story, I would put kismet in the title because it sounded like <laughs> Christmas, but also looked like I had the word kiss in it. So Yes. <laughs> and what does that say about me? <laughs> That we like kissing scenes. <laughs> we must, we must. So I, when I started brainstorming this book, I knew I wanted it to have her boy come back into her life in a really funny way because I love a good meet cute, but yes. something that felt faded too, so it would fit with the title. So I hope everyone loves the moment when these two meet because it might be my favorite part of this whole book. I think just whenever they come together is my favorite. Like, it's yeah. just, like, when she peeks through the window, I, like, died of embarrassment. And then it's that, like, I would totally do that. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I do think we just love when the couple comes together for that first time, too, just because that's when the story really takes off. Right. So. Yeah. And then my second big inspiration was Wassel Night because – I've written four Regency era Christmas stories. So I've heard a lot about Twelfth Night and Wassling and, you know, like visualizing the people going from house to house and being served cider. But there's another side to Wassling, which is kind of the nerdy side of me that was cool. And it takes place in the fruit trees and the orchards where people would go. They would drink and sing through the orchards as a way of blessing it for the next harvest. And oh, that's it just was so cool to me and I and I love seeing like how traditions warp through time as we right. kind of adapt them to our own culture so I have this weird mashup celebration of wassailing through the orchards in northern Idaho <laughs> I love that so I was like I wonder where she came up with this <laughs> <laughs> that, I did love it that's so fun fun way to pull like a historical tradition into modern day that's so fun okay um and then let's talk about some very specific inspirations here so we have to talk about Bree's magical Christmas list okay. <laughs> um because she is very specific in her wishes and mm -hmm. um, so right she gets this notebook that has kismet on it and it's green and it's perfect for writing a Christmas list and she just kind of decides that it's going to be like a fun list, like her heart's desire. <laughs> um, so how did you come up with the five, five things on her list? Oh, um, 
the very didn't want it to be practical. Like you said, I think in her mind, she's like, okay, I'm trying to be this grown up adult and focus on these goals in my life. But yeah. These are the things that I really want that I don't tell people and that I just am pining after. And of course, seeing Rockwell again is at the top of the list. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, all these things, some of them are, you know, from past experiences she's had that she wants to relive. And so she puts those on her list. So anyway, I think it is a little bit of the romantic in her coming out. Yeah. I love it. I just, I was reading like, that is one very specific. (laughs) (laughs) That girl knows what she wants. (laughs) Right. But I love too that like you kind of get to see that inner conversation that it's like, okay, here's what I need. But Christmas lists aren't one about what you need. It's about what you want. So I thought that was really fun to kind of get to see that play out. Um, And then we have to talk about the trendy Mrs. Claus character. (laughs) Because she kind of gave me like Hallmark vibes and then like it didn't get Hallmark cheesy. (laughs) I'm sorry for everybody that loves Hallmark movies, (laughs) but they are cheesy. (laughs) They are. So that trendy Mrs. Claus, this is a spoiler for anybody who doesn't like spoilers, but (laughs) he is our character that shows up in every book. So, <laughs> so that's just a fun little teaser for you. You can watch for her and watch for how she affects these love stories in her own quiet way. She very she's a very minor character in each story. So it's just really fun to see her suddenly pop up and do her thing. <laughs> hey, so did all all of you five authors get together and create trendy Mrs. Claus, or was this like, you know what we should do? <laughs> Well, a little bit, yes, because our series is gift wrapped romance. And so we each have like a gift that Mrs. Claus gives to the couple. And anyway, it it plays its little magical part in a way that um, is is subtle, I guess. It's less subtle, I would say, in my book than than the others. The others are more subtle. Mine is pretty, mine's pretty clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. That's so fun. Okay. I loved her. And I loved it. She was like, (laughs) like, she's not in the book for very long, but she made me giggle when she says about like, wrapping books are so much easier than wrapping an animal or something like that. Who wraps an animal? (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm excited that she's coming back in the other books. (laughs) Okay. So um, these, the set of books, I guess the, the series, there we go. <laughs> um, they're not quite full length novels, but they're not novella size, right? They're kind of a happy medium between the two. Yes. Yes, right. they are. So okay. some people would classify them as a novel. Like usually novel is about that range. Like this is a very low short end novel. So it's perfect for the holiday times where you need like a quick read, but maybe has a little bit more depth than a novella. Right. And it is, it's a good, you're not going to be able to put it down in case it's a magical. (laughs) Um, So in this story, without giving anything away here, we cover Brie and Rockwell in high school. We get (laughs) their current situations at Christmas 
Um, and then we get to see Rockwell's relationship with his family and Bree's relationship with her family. So there is a lot packed into this book. Um, so how do you fit everything that you want to fit in to a novel without having the reader feel overwhelmed with information or facts that they feel like they have to remember? Oh, this is a great question. <laughs> I do have to admit, I am not an expert at this. Um, <laughs> if you have too much information, it slows the pace and the story can feel boring, but not enough. And you don't have this, the emotional payoff. So right. it really is a tricky balance. Um, if I have too many paragraphs without conversation, that's a good sign for me that or like without, you know, the dialogue, then, then right. I know that I need to get out of their headspace and, you know, keep the story moving and I need to throw in some action or something. So that's one trick that I use. Um, I don't know. Interesting enough, my <laughs> first draft didn't have enough backstory to explain why Brie couldn't get over Rockwell. And I I read through the story and I just felt like, okay, I got to go back and put in another layer of showing some more of the high school moments so that you see why Rockwell is amazing and why Brie can't let him go. Yeah. So one of my favorites was Brie's upset about a test score. This is in high school and is afraid to talk to her teacher, which I think a lot of us have been there. (laughs) (laughs) And Rockwell goes with her and convinces the teacher to let her retake her test. And I don't know about you, but a guy who would do something, that simple act of service is, okay. uh, you know, a winner in my book. So I just needed some little moments to show why she's attached to him. And so that backstory is actually so important, but it, it is hard. I don't know. What do you think as a reader? Like when you're looking at all the backstory, is it, do you love it or do you feel like you want to skim it? I I love it when, especially like with a second chance or like they've been friends for forever type, like when they have that history, mm-hmm. but I love when authors give it in like multiple ways. Like in your book, we get it like in flashbacks, like just spree. And then like we have those, her roommates are her best friends and have been since high school. <laughs> so yeah. they know all of that. Rockwell. And so I think it's with Gabby, um, her and, Brie and Gabby have a couple just like really small conversations and she mentioned something about Rockwell filming her like dancing for hours on end like totaled up together yeah and so like you get those and it's only like two or three sentences but it's just that like he was there and he supported and believed in her dreams and he kind of has those flashback thoughts too kind of match up like he remembers that she danced and she wanted to be a professional dancer and so he he's as attached (laughs) because he still remembers all those small things about her so I love the backstory (laughs) oh good that makes me happy well it just I don't know I feel like you get to know the characters and like how they've developed and changed but like you don't like you change a lot, but you don't at the same time. <laughs> yes, yeah. you kind of get to see like all sides of them that way. So I love it, <laughs> and I don't. I don't think it's just me either. So well, I think you put that really well. So like just the showing of the whole character, the yes. past and the present. Yes, I love it. Okay, all right, and then um, we're gonna just talk about two of my favorite 
moments in this book because I <laughs> I have to know because I'm a curious person. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Samson the cat. Hey. <laughs> um, so Rockwell ends up renting a space for the Christmas season next to Bree's townhouse. <laughs> um, and this cat magically appears and um, ends up getting inside Rockwell's house and um, he forgets it's there and like has a freak out moment in the middle of the night when it jumps on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's your inspiration? <laughs> I loved it and could not stop laughing. And it was one of those, like it threw them together. So I'm like it has a purpose, but like, where does this come from? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so funny when people ask me where I came up with these really <laughs> weird things. <laughs> well, like they're just so perfect and like it totally makes sense. And then it's like when you think about it, it's like that is the most random thing that they can think of like to put in the story. <laughs> well, I love that moment because he's distracted by this like night that he had with Bree. And so he totally forgets about the cat. And then bam, <laughs> the cat is back. Yeah. And, and it's on his face. <laughs> um so this was inspired by my brother who is a cat guy he has a savannah who is extremely intelligent and like I swear when that cat looks at me like it's thinking things about me <laughs> and so like really this cat Samson is dedicated to my brother <laughs> and all the cat memes and videos he's ever sent me so <laughs> I remember the quirky cat moment I think I've seen it <laughs> I love it okay. I just had to ask because I love that like he stomps over to her house probably not actually stomps but in my brain he stomps over to her house at like 2 in the morning and it's cold and he puts no shoes on <laughs> like, do you have a bat <laughs> so I love that it was like this super funny but like kind of turns awkward back into funny when she's like it's Samson <laughs> I know that cat <laughs> no oh, was... I'm so glad you like that my quirky quirky writing <laughs> I loved it I my husband asked me what was so funny he's like I you don't really want me to explain this to you because <laughs> I'm just gonna read you the couple pages <laughs> <laughs> like, like you don't know the characters it's not gonna be funny we're just gonna skip this one <laughs> okay and then the second scene that I really love for totally different reasons um is the Holland family Christmas party and so Bree's family hosts I don't know has this big Christmas party but it's just their immediate family um but they have this big party every year and it's so fun <laughs> like, like I want to go to the Holland family Christmas <laughs> party <laughs> um so does your family did you grow up doing like a family Christmas party um we do some fun things as a family but things are constantly changing like yeah. we did a big Harry Potter murder mystery 
And we just actually on my other side of the family just did a big live clue game. So we do get kind of into our randomness, I guess. I um, but this was kind of a mashup of like a date that my nieces had just been on. They just done this like survival date. And then I like pulled in some of my like family party stuff and just kind of created this totally random family competition and <laughs> threw an escape room in there. It just made it as fun <laughs> as I possibly could where you could like feel the love of the family and how fun they are and how great it's going to be for Rockwell who doesn't have the best family life, right. but also like make it awkward because they're trying to fight these sparks that they're feeling, but now they're under the family's watchful eye. So, <laughs> right. Well, and they, I don't know. Bree is a wary about going to the party. Um, she kind of gets grilled about not being married or having a boyfriend most years, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so like I felt like this is gonna sound so weird going into the party because I was totally invited in there, you know. Um, <laughs> like you have like your wall raised a little bit that it's like they are mean to Brie and we can't be friends. Like this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of get to meet them and it is that like total like meeting a family for the first time that it's like okay like I think we can get along I'm gonna like you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it because you know all of us can relate to a little family drama <laughs> over the holidays and right. and honestly that first time when you bring home somebody to meet the family it, you've got those that are like that are a little bit more wary and like going to give them a hard time. And then you've got the ones that are like trying to be so supportive and I'm going to like him no matter what, because I love you. You know, you just right. kind of got that whole mashup and this, and this family dynamic. And I love it because she does kind of a, she has a little bit of a bigger family and yeah. Rockwell does not let it intimidate him. And I just love that. <laughs> yes. I love that. He kind of goes in with the attitude that it's like, we're going to have fun. Like, he has to check off five fun things that he's got to do. So, like, this has to be fun or it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love, too, that there's that layer of, like, they dated in high school. So the family knows him mm-hmm. and they know the history. And I love, I think, I want to say it's the brother, not the brother-in-law, that it's like, we didn't know you were bringing your ex to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know somebody, like, everybody has that one person in their family that's just going to blurt out what everybody else is thinking. Oh, yes. I think I have more than one in my family. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love that it was, like, relatable in a way, but also, like, you wanted to be part of the party. You're like, you want to go to the family Christmas party next year, so we better get invited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. Makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so when you write these big family scenes, because we don't see Bree's family much outside of this. We kind mm-hmm. of hear about them a little. Um. How do you give everybody like their own distinct personality without like overrunning the pages? I guess it's like you feel like you get to know everybody, but it's not like, and this person is this tall with this color of hair. And like, yes, oh, it is tricky because you want to be able to visualize them, but you also don't want to give too much information that takes away from the scene. 
And so it's tricky. A lot of times I just have to use the dialogue and the kind of voice that that person will have, you know, if they're more sarcastic or they're more gentle, you know, in their actions and their words that has to come out. And that's, that's got to be one of the key ways I show their character in a really short, quick way. Yes. So do you like, I don't know. You can tell I don't write stories. (laughs) Do you make like a list of like, hey, this is Bree's family and this is like the attitude or personality. Like we're going to give each of these guys. Or is it just like a in the moment, like I need someone to be like this. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's because I'm from a big family. I have, you know, two huge families on both sides that it's really natural for me to envision family dynamics and me hey. having like the one character that is obnoxious and <laughs> the one that is you know is kind of quiet and supportive and then the mom who's just really generous and kind or whatever you know right like, that really is fun for me to write because it's so relatable okay so you kind of just pull from your family dynamics that you yes have yes although you're you're like is my family the Holland family? No. <laughs> They're all going to be like, which character do I resemble? <laughs> yeah. Well, partly like I have double that size of a family. So we have like, I come from a family of 12. So we've got a lot of personalities. Yeah. But that does make it easy for me to be like, okay, these are, you know, some quirks that I want to include in my party. <laughs> I love it. I said it was one of my favorites. It's like this party is so fun. And I loved her dad too, that he like totally takes on the airs of like a host. <laughs> He's like, all right, guys, here's the game. And here's the rules. <laughs> and he's like, and Brad cheated again. <laughs> right? Like, big surprise, Brad cheated. Like, mm-hmm. and just those little things like like that, that it's you get that like family dynamic and you know Brad is like a He's going to win at any cost, even if he ends up losing because of it. <laughs> yes, he's a We're going count. down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Um, and I thought it would be fun. Um, I didn't tell you this part. <laughs> but since this is a Christmas book, I thought it would be fun to just do a couple quick fire Christmas questions okay. about some of your favorite things. Oh, I'm okay. ready. All right. Hey, <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas movie? Ooh. Um, hmm. I got like five that came to my mind, like right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> if you had to pick one to watch right now, what would you pick? Oh. <laughs> Didn't help at all. <laughs> I think because I'm thinking about this book, it would be, um, me. Oh, wait, is that how um, wait a second. Is it Meet Me in Connecticut? Now I'm going to question myself. I don't know. I've That's never seen it's, it's the one mentioned in this book, and it's just an old black and white film. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one. That's- and it's just it's just a really hilarious kind of slapstick Christmas movie. And I, I would say that's just one I grew up watching, and not a lot of people know about it, but I love it. Love that. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas candy? Hmm. I love homemade caramels that my mom makes. Mm-hmm. So it's Christmas in Connecticut, not Meet Me in Connecticut. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. And then what is your favorite Christmas treat that's not like candy? That's not sweet, I guess. 
well, I am a sucker for hot chocolate. I know that it's still sweet, but I can make it less sweet. So does that count? <laughs> it does. Hot chocolate is delicious. Are you a flavored hot chocolate or just like good old faithful hot chocolate? Oh, I love it all. I like it with some cinnamon. I like it with some hazelnut. I like it with like, like, I don't know. I could do all the flavors. I love it. Is there any flavor you don't like that you've tried? No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. And then last, what is your favorite Christmas tradition that you do with your family? Oh, this is one of my favorites because we do a Christmas snake with our presents. So none of our presents have names on them. They all have a number. And then we put them in order from like one to however many presents we have. And then I have the master list that has which number goes with which name. So then I call it out, you know, one at a time. So everybody has to painfully watch the person before them before they can open it. We did that growing up and my husband died the first Christmas (laughs) we spent together. Cause he's like, like you watch every opening, you have to clap at the end. And he's like, are you for real? Oh yeah. We're going to be here for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My kids are pretty efficient because they know that they have to get it going, but I love it. My husband, every year, he's like, do we still have to do this? (laughs) I love it. So you've done that since they were little. Yeah. My mom did it. My grandma did it. So it's kind of an extended family tradition. Okay. I need, like, a visual here. So does the snake wrap, like, just around the tree, like, in a coil or, like, through the whole room? Through the whole room. Yeah. I feel like you need to put a picture on Instagram this year of your Christmas face. I love that. I can see. That is such a cool idea. I've never heard of that before. I'm glad I asked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, Annika, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me um, about Merry Kismet and answering all of my questions. Well, thank you. I loved these fun questions you came up with and I had a wonderful time chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us today and I will see you again on November 16th for our next episode of Book Talk.